Minister. Mr. Speaker, we believe that constructive engagement on the world stage is what Canadians expect, and our re-engaging with UNRWA is actually allowing us uh, to hold to closer account uh, the choices and the funding that is delivered through that mechanism. Uh, we know uh, that Canadian pressure and Canadian being uh, part of UNRWA uh, allows us to ensure uh, that the help is going to where it's needed and is not uh, funding or creating negative consequences uh, for Israel or for anyone else. So that's a clip from 2017, and it's in the House of Commons in Ottawa, where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was responding to an opposition question about a report by UN Watch. At the time, the human rights organization based in Geneva, and by the way, it's run by a Canadian Jewish lawyer originally from Montreal, had presented allegations that dozens of employees of UNRWA, the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, had anti-Israel and anti-Jewish posts on their social media accounts. UN Watch asked what Canada was going to do about it, since Canada donates millions of dollars every year to UNRWA. As you heard, the Prime Minister promised Canada would look into the reports. That was four years ago. Meanwhile, UN Watch has been keeping tabs on UNRWA ever since. Their list was up to 100 names out of the refugee agency's 20,000 employees in Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, Gaza, and the West Bank. And they found those 100 names over four years, between 2015 and 2019. Now, UN Watch has released its latest report. And they've added 22 new names of teachers, school principals, and other staff members who, they allege, have put up Facebook posts that glorify terrorism and erase Israel from maps. Well, you know, there, there are several that were really upsetting. You know, one of them is uh, uh, one teacher who was quoting Hitler um, as an inspirational uh, authority, an inspirational figure. Um, another one, you know, which was timely, was accusing the Jews of spreading uh, the coronavirus and trying to poison the world. Uh, th these were two that stood out in particular. Um, uh, it, they're, they're really quite shocking to think that these people are, are working for the United Nations, and many of them are teachers or school principals at, in UN schools teaching a new generation. And we're never going to achieve peace if we have these kinds of teachers. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The UNRWA agency provides health care and education for over 5 million Palestinian refugees in the Middle East. But UNRWA has been in the news a lot in recent years because of problematic anti-Israel leanings and alleged corruption. In 2012, Stephen Harper's conservatives cut funding when they were in office, Former U.S. President Donald Trump also stopped funding UNRWA, although the Biden government has now restored funding and is now the agency's biggest donor again. In January, Canada's international development minister launched an investigation after Israeli researchers discovered some of UNRWA's educational materials contained anti-Israel references. UNRWA said these materials had been distributed by mistake and they would be withdrawn. Canada has not held back any of the $90 million it agreed to donate to UNRWA over the next three years, nor the extra $25 million it sent in the spring. So with the latest allegations that 22 more UNRWA employees hold what might be considered racist and anti-Semitic views, and they share them on Facebook, what will Canada do? Coming up, we'll hear from UN Watch's Canadian director. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. Remember that rare Canadian Jewish World War I poster that was up for auction in New York last week? 
I did an episode about it with the auctioneer, Nicholas Lowry, and he told us it would be a record price, and he was right. They got over $11,800 U.S. for it last Thursday. The poster was bought by an American collector, we're told. After our episode dropped, a Toronto man contacted me to tell me that he's got a copy of this same poster hanging on his kitchen wall. But Steve Kelman says he paid about 25 bucks for it a few years ago at a men's club auction at one of the Toronto synagogues. I've written a long feature piece about this for the CJN website about the fate of this rare propaganda poster from 1917 for the only all-Jewish Canadian military unit in Canadian history. And by the way, if anyone has one of these posters in their kitchen or lying around, the director of the Museum of Jewish Montreal would love to have it. I just spoke to Zev Moses, and he would appreciate it if the donor contacted him. He would like to put one on display when the museum reopens in 2022. The new UN Watch report is called Beyond the Textbooks. It's 60 pages long, and if you want to look at it, it's in our show notes. You can find the PDF there. I tried to look at some of the examples they found of the offending Facebook posts, but the account holders have probably taken them down or made them private because they weren't available. But the UN Watch's Hillel Neuer says wiping the Facebook accounts is not the answer. He joins me now from Geneva. And just so you know, he was sitting in a cafe, so that's what all the background noise is. Our report is 22 new names of uh, perpetrators from incitement, and then a list of more than 100 people of names that we've published in the past. Canadian government knows about them because I went to Ottawa and I presented it in Parliament, and I sent it to Prime Minister Trudeau uh, four years ago. I never got a response to this date, unfortunately, um, and presented it in the U.S. Congress. So UNRWA is well aware of these names, and yet... We, we discover they're still there. At most, according to UNRWA's statement, because UNRWA issued a, a very interesting statement of response where they attack us, but they acknowledge that they've launched investigations into 10 of the individuals. But they, the, the bottom line of UNRWA is that they say some people never worked for UNRWA, they claim. Uh, they don't tell us who, but um, they'll say that um, uh, they'll say that perhaps at the time of the incident, they didn't work for UNRWA. And um, they they basically kind of evasive. And, and the bottom line is that they'll say that at most they give them a financial penalty or they censure them, they criticize them, they discipline them, but they're still teaching. So what UNRWA is saying um, is that they have people teaching students who have glorified Hitler, who glorified terrorism, who praise terrorist attacks, who spread anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. And that's okay to have them teaching in a classroom. You know, this is a time in North America where, you know, people who make the slightest offense uh, lose their job, and yet someone who is teaching terrorism and racism, who, who's at least supporting that, are standing before a classroom. It's outrageous, and there's no reason the Canadian government should accept it, and I'll just, you know, make a comment here, which is, I've seen a Canadian government statement and their prior statements, and they're treating it as if the problem is the Facebook post. The problem isn't the Facebook post. You can delete the Facebook post. If you have a racist teacher, um, then that person is removed. That's what happens in Canada. That's what happens in the UK. Our report gives examples in other educational school systems. When you have a racist teacher, um, they're removed. They don't go before the teachers. That's we, we think Palestinian students deserve the same basic protections to be protected against teachers of, of hate, of poison. So Hillel, what is the UN uh, charter say, or UNRWA's charter, I should say, say about neutrality and how these personal uh, social media posts violate that? Because you don't know what they're saying in the classroom. All you can see, right, is what is on their personal Facebook posts. UNRWA's rules and UN rules have very basic rules about neutrality. Uh, they're not supposed to be uh, engaged in, in 
uh, ideological controversies, political controversies. That certainly includes saying we support Hamas terrorism. That is that goes without saying. Um, UNRWA is supposed to support UN values. They're supposed to support humanitarian values. They're supposed to support the UN's human rights values, which include the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So supporting terrorism and spreading anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, um, expressing support for Nazis and Hitler. These are all complete violations of what the UN is supposed to stand for. The UN began as the anti-Hitler alliance. That was the meaning of the United Nations even before the organization itself was founded. Um, so really, it goes against everything they stand for. And, um, and you know, teachers, of course, have freedom of speech, but there are certain things as UN officials are not allowed to do and, and preaching hate and supporting terrorism are things they're not allowed to do. And these are things, you know, the, the, uh, the UNRWA agency has repeatedly promised to the US, the US just restored funding. Previous administration had cut funding, they restored funding, and they promised in a very lengthy framework of cooperation agreement signed on July 14th with the United States government officials, they promised um, that they would uh, they condemn anti-Semitism, they'll take swift action. And, and we have repeated pledges by, for example, people like Secretary Blinken and the US ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, that UNRWA's policy will be zero tolerance zero tolerance for incitement, for terrorism, for anti-Semitism. And the answer is, it's it's a lot more tolerance than zero because they're still teaching. And and at most, um, and the other, the other point I wanna make is that um, you're quite right that we don't know what these teachers are saying in a class, um, but we do know that the students follow the teachers on Facebook. We have a number of cases in some of our prior reports where students praise the teacher, the teacher you know, uh, post something about Hitler and you have a student saying, oh, wise teacher, thank you for sharing that. You have other people, UNRWA staffers, teachers chiming in. So UNRWA's, UNRWA was trying to say that these are just 10 people out of 28,000. We have over a hundred names. We know this is just a drop in the bucket. The the, the problem is it's a pandemic of hatred and incitement. It's infecting the whole agency. It is widespread and UNRWA's response um, looks like they're putting their head in the sand, and I hope our own government, the Canadian government, and other democratic governments don't uh, stick their head in the sand. Uh, we, we should not be giving a billion dollars. All we're asking is to have teachers who don't glorify Hitler, terrorism, and anti-Semitism. That's not so much to ask. What should Canada do? What should the government do? You said they should watch it, but should they actually pull their funding or stop it? I, I think uh, at a minimum, we, we haven't reached that level yet from our standpoint. We haven't called for defunding. We're telling the Canadian government, if you want to fund Palestinian schools, we support that. Whether UNRWA is the right agency is the question. And at a minimum, we're telling Canada, don't betray Palestinian students' right to education. They have a right to have teachers who support Canadian values of human rights and democracy and peace, and th which are the UN's professed values. So what has Canada said about the latest allegations? My colleague Ron Sillag asked Global Affairs Canada for a comment and he received a written statement and it basically says that Canada is concerned and they say Canada is quote engaging closely with UNRWA as it follows up on these allegations unquote and Ottawa expects UNRWA to follow through with any disciplinary action against these employees if they find that these were indeed violations. <music> And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia, integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Lori Friedman in Toronto. 
She's a new subscriber, and you'll be hearing an episode in the coming days about her husband, Jeffrey Friedman's experience with COVID, and how he's one of the so-called long haulers, now on the slow road to recovery. And we'll close this show with a little announcement. I want to let you know that we've now done 60 episodes of the CJN Daily since it launched in May. And if you missed any, why not spend the next few days listening to those? Because I'm going to be off for a few days on vacation. So we'll see you again on Monday.